We hold these truths to be self-evident. If our enemies dare to strike us, they and all who have aided them will face fearful consequences. The eyes of the world are upon you. You will bring about the destruction of the German war machine. And the people who knock these buildings down will hear all of us soon. How are you guys doing? This is the, the <laughs> this is the very first episode ever of Speak the Truth podcast. I I decided to do this. I thought it was a good idea to do this. It is August 28th of 2020. I know it's probably a few days late actually going live. I had to get this first episode actually approved by Apple and all the other things. But my goal is to make this thing a five-day, a week thing, maybe some random stuff on the weekend. Uh, I hope hope to get it out midday every single every single day during the week, if, if that possible. But I, I'm going to tell you guys right now, you, as most of you guys do know, I lean just a tad bit to the right. I'm, I, I don't, I, I, will, I will say that. So it's that's it's pretty much perspective you're going to get for a lot of this stuff but i i kind of got tired of just reading all this stuff and it doesn't matter what site if you watch fox or cnn or whatever the whatever the heck it is they're going to lean to whatever political agenda that they're trying to do so I, you never know exactly who is being honest and who is who is not being honest and who's not by like this the idea behind all this is is to just 100 speak the god honest truth it doesn't matter if biden did something correct if i mean if he did something great, that'd be fantastic. I know here over the last seven months, he has not done very much fantastic, especially here in the recent weeks. It's been pretty much an absolute mess, as most of you guys do know. But if he does something good, I will praise him, which hopefully over the next week or two, he'll do something. I guess he did do something. He did something last night. He did at least one thing. Good. I don't think he did enough, but we're about to, we're, we'll talk on that. So if some of you guys, this may not be for you. I, I don't know. I just thought, you know what? I have a massive audience on YouTube and we all know what they're pretty much doing to that side of the world. So I was like, you know what? I need, I need to, while we have this out there, a lot of people do actually listen to what I have to say when it comes to this kind of stuff. So you know what? Let's, let's just, let's just go out on a limb and just do it. I'm going to be very open and honest. We're not going to bleep anything out. This is just going to be what the fuck it is. You know what I mean? Jelly bean. It's going to be exactly what it is. We're going to be speaking the truth. This is episode one. So as you guys do know, over this past couple days, couple days ago, ho- hopefully as this is, is is airing, there hasn't been any kind of updates. If if there has been, my apologies. But as of right now, we've had 13 U.S. members killed. We've had another 18 that have been hurt and in, 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 in wounded is what I, is what I more or less mean there. And then we've had another 170 people that have been killed. Those are going to be Afghans and or Americans. It does not state on this. I'm pulling these directly offline. Um, as in U.S. civilians, but it's saying 170 people have been killed, 18 troops have been wounded, and then another 13 have been killed, all because of an ISIS-K attack that we we, we knew was going to happen. A lot of us didn't know it was going to happen. I mean, I've been tweeting this out. I mean, it was 26 days ago or so. I legitimately tweeted this. Current failures in Afghanistan are due to incompetent politicians playing games in years past. Taliban will control again and instate Sharia law, giving them a safe haven to build terrorists. We will see an influx in terror attacks, which will our children will take the burden of. This was, I, I, I posted this on August 4th of 21, which I, I thought was 26 days ago. It was 24 days ago. So I posted that. And then not even three weeks later, this happens. And this this is what kind of stemmed me to want to make this kind of 
this this podcast was it's it's not going to be based on just military and stuff. It's just what is going on and in, in what is not really being said, like very loud. I'm telling you guys right now, there is absolutely no way. There is no way the administration did not have intelligence that this was going to happen. I knew it sitting here in Texas that this shit was going to happen. Like something was going to happen. Now, a lot of you guys don't think that there was a way that we could have prevented it from happening, but I'm telling you there is. Like, no doubt in my mind, we should have never closed Bagram. 100%. A lot of people always say the same thing. What do you think this is, is going to be an endless war? Well, I don't think a lot of you guys realize we, st- we occupy many, many, many countries across the world. We have small presence there, and it keeps shit like this from happening. Hell, we're in Japan. We're in Germany. We're in Korea. I mean, we're in the Philippines. We're in South America. We, we're Africa. We're everywhere across this fucking planet because we're the most powerful military on earth. Yes, a lot of you guys say we are not the military police. Or, we're not, excuse me, we are not the world's police. But in fact, somebody's got to fucking do the job and clean up the, the, the stuff that is going on. It, it has to happen. Like, it's, it's going to happen, or it's just going to bleed into America, and then the same shit's going to happen over here. And you guys want to know one of the most tragic things that actually came out of this, of, of the people losing their lives, is the fact that there was a gentleman who was a Marine. His name is Riley McCollum. Uh, he was a dad-to-be. His wife was due in September. We're talking here in the next couple weeks. It gives me goosebumps just saying that. This young man was about to be a father is not going now he's never going to be able to see his child and his child's never going to know who he is because of incompetent politicians at the very highest level like i'm telling you guys what happened over there could have been prevented i could not tell you how many times we have done outer cordons or just cordons and like blocking off an entire city as of right now the taliban controls every single road every checkpoint coming in they they did not have to control that we could have set off we could have controlled every single bit of this thing and not allowed them to get everything to get so close to the the, the airport to where we're having this kind of problems. I mean, right now, if you guys think about this, ISIS-K, which I don't know if you guys know, I'll talk about them here in a little bit. They were able to get all the way so close to where they set off an explosion right at the gate, which killed all these people. That should have never happened. You know why? Because we could, we could have prevented it by putting our own men on an outer cordon and just cordoning off the entire city and eliminating the Taliban from having these shitty checkpoints that are doing absolutely nothing. We could have had a presence and kept the city safe and all this shit would have never happened. I know this. Every veteran out there knows this. 100% we could have prevented it just from doing that alone. That is the most simple fucking task. Big army. You don't even need special forces to do that. Big army can do that for God's sakes. I know that for a fact. Anybody can do that. If we set a presence there and America's there, there's going to be scared. I promise you, the Taliban's going to think twice about fucking with anybody. They will. Because they know what's going to fucking happen. And it goes off to the other piece, what I don't really like to see about this. As you see a lot of the people on the right playing this as the left hates Americans by posting all these pictures of all these guys that have died. Yes, this has been the most horrific attack on American troops since 2001, August 2001, when a Chinook helicopter was taken down and killing 30 of us. 30 U.S. troops were killed. I was there in 2012, and we had my buddy was killed in a helicopter that was shot down. I don't recall exactly how many were killed, but it was it had to have been close to 20. It may have not been 20 Americans, but I know that there was a lot of Afghan nationals on that helicopter that were also killed who were fighting with us. 
Americans have been dying in Afghanistan for 15, 16, 17, 20 years. You know what I mean? This, and no one was ever posting about it back then. They're just using it right now to try to get Biden out of office, which I, I do believe, I mean, he is leaving Americans behind, which a lot of you guys do know that I, to me is an impeachable offense by itself in itself. If they were trying to get the last guy out for some, some phone call that literally did nothing, then why can't you put impeach? Why, why, why is this not an impeachable offense for leaving Americans stranded when you had the fucking intel? I know there's no, there's no way they didn't have this intel. That that's that's what chaps my ass. Yes, Americans are going to die, but if you have the intel and you're just trying to meet your August thirty first end date to get out for some political like high ground, like like that's all this was was a political thing, and he's cowering to the Taliban at the same time, like. The Taliban are telling us there's going to be, we're going to have issues if we're not out by August 31st. You know what I would have said? All right, you know what? Fuck you. We'll be out September 15th. What, I mean, we're the most powerful fucking country on planet Earth. You're going to try to put us in a corner? Okay. All right, buddy. We'll, we'll see how that fucking ends up. But we're not doing that. Now, that's another reason. I mean, what, what just happened over in Europe? The British military, they won't back anything that America does while Biden's in office. That is that by that alone in itself should speak volumes on what the world thinks about America in its current state. And this is another thing to touch on what's going on. There is an actual this this I, I read this story. This wasn't on any right or left. I think this is more just a normal in the middle of the ground one. But a U.S. Marine officer was relieved of duties after video seeking accountability over Afghanistan surface. This this right here in itself should tell you guys what is going on is not it. Like if this guy is speaking out when I don't ever I when they when I read this and I was like, oh, it's probably just a lieutenant. No, this was a this was a lieutenant colonel, a lieutenant colonel. This was a battalion commander that gives me goosebumps because you guys are talking about a battalion commander coming out and saying this. That is wild. That is so unheard of because this guy was in for seven. He's been fighting for 17 years and he said he demands accountability. I mean, hell, I I think every American should be demanding accountability, not even just this guy. We should be asking the same questions that he is asking, but he was relieved of his duty for doing this, which he knew he was going to be like, you can't post like you can't. (laughs) The thing about being in the military is you kind of do what you said or you have to do as you're told. You know what I mean? And he kind of came out and said this, and he knew he was going to have some, there was going to be some repercussions for doing this. This is literally what Scheller stated, Lieutenant Colonel Scheller, which I give you, I I praise you. You're, you're probably the most badass officer I've ever heard of as of right now. He says he's willing to risk my current battalion commander's seat, my retirement, my family stability to say some of the things that I want to say. Doing so, he said, would give him some moral high ground to demand the same honesty, integrity, and accountability from my senior leaders. That, right, that statement right there is wild. Like, I know this may not mean much if you guys were not served in the military, but him saying that... Him, like you think about it, this guy is in charge of an entire battalion. You're talking a couple thousand soldiers, this or, or Marines. This guy right here is in control of. He's asking for accountability from the people above him, like base commanders, like even the guys above him. Like we're talking, this is that's. I give him props for doing this. He he goes on to say, I've killed people and I seek counseling and that's fine. There's a time and a place for that. But the reason people are so upset is not because the Marines are on a battlefield and let someone down. 
Okay. People are upset because their senior leaders let them down and none of them are raising up their hands and accepting accountability and saying, we mess this up. That hits home so hard because the same shit I've been saying, the people at the very top have messed up this entire thing from the get go. They have botched this thing like tremendously. And then he goes, I'm going to say the reason why I'm I'm talking so much about this guy is because he is a Lieutenant Colonel and I think this is very important, but he does go on to say this. We have a secretary of defense that testified to Congress in May that the Afghan national forces could withstand the Taliban advance. So this is Scheller ends it by saying, not saying we're going to be in Afghanistan forever, but I am saying that any of you throw your rank on the table and say, hey, it's a bad idea to evacuate Bagram Airfield, a strategic airbase before we evacuate everyone. Did anyone see, see he's saying the exact same thing that I said like five minutes ago. Bagram, you cannot have gotten rid of Bagram. Like it was for you that have not been over there. Bagram was a city within itself. It was absolutely wild. I flew into Tajikistan or Uzbekistan. I don't remember which one it was. I think it was Tajikistan from there to Mazar Sharif. Mazar Sharif is the north, Northern part of Afghanistan. It's, it's kind of big. It was more like a joint base. There's a lot of Germans and, and so on there. I flew from there when I had to go on the Pakistan border to Bagram. Now, Bagram, when I got off, I was confused as hell. It was legitimately a city within itself. They have like police cars there. Like, I guess if you didn't wear your PT belt at the time, you'd get in trouble. But I was, it it was huge. Like, we should have never given that up. That should have just been the place that we exfilled everybody from because it was super secure. Okay, I'm going to get off that, get off that podium there for a second. Anyway, Scheller was relieved. Lieutenant Colonel Scheller was relieved on Friday, uh, Friday afternoon for cause based on lack of trust and confidence as of 14.30, which is 2.30 PM that day. So I'm, I give, I give him props. I, I I would, I would hope that he's not going to lose everything that he's worked for in, 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 in aspect, like when I'm talking about retirement and stuff like that, cause he's definitely earned it. I'm just glad he came out and said it. And that's why I'm, I'm trying to do this kind of stuff. Cause there's a lot of people out there in America that, are not really right or left. They just want to hear what's fucking true. And this is, this is it. These kind of guys out there, like this guy who's been doing shit for the last 17 years, fighting in wars and is now controlled battalions is coming out and saying, we need to hold these guys accountable. They need to be held accountable. They have to. So now this is when we get into some other stuff. Oh my gosh. The amount of stuff. I found an article that was sitting here talking about the military equipment that was left behind in Afghanistan. Now I don't know how exact this is, because this goes from 2003 to 2016. Um, I was there in 2012, and I see a lot of it, which is kind of crazy. Because you look on here, and it says that we left zero vehicles and only 20 weapons and 1,400 ordnance and stuff like that, of explosive. And literally, we left nothing. In total, we left 3,200. But the next year, we left 55,000. year before that, we left 103,000. So maybe when I was there, my perspective might be a little skewed, but we didn't give them shit. I well, it, this is okay. You know, it's back up even more because this says we only gave them 20, 20 weapons. I promise you in 2012, we gave them a lot more than 20 weapons. I probably handed out 200 AKs myself. We would get Connexes full of AKs shipped like Connexes and we would just hand them out to local militias and we would literally just train these militias to set up their own security force in their own little town. And that's how they fought off the Taliban. They were kind of trying, trying to come in and do stuff. They, we would train them to fight the Taliban. 
and we'd give them AKs and an extra magazine. That was pretty much it. So these numbers might be a little bit off. But this is saying that the U.S. has provided an estimated $83 billion worth of training and equipment to the Afghan forces since 2001. And in this year alone, we've done $3 billion. I don't know how true that is because I can't really, I, I, I guess, when it comes to training. But, God, these people, when it came to training the Afghan, they just, it's just a different mindset over there. Which is crazy because I remember them a lot telling us, they're like, well, what is going to happen when you guys leave? I remember this in 2012. I was like, well... I'm not really too concerned. We're not going to leave anytime soon. But they knew this day was coming. And God, they were right. Fuck, they were right. These are, I'm just going to skim through some of these for you guys real quick. It is, it, this, this, take this with a grain of salt. Okay, just, just take it with a grain of salt. But between 2003 and 2016, you purchased and provided 75,898 vehicles and 208 aircraft to the Afghan army. Do I believe that? I don't know. I don't know. This is saying we gave them 42,604 Ford Rangers. Well, shit, I've seen a lot of them. Maybe. 928 MRAPs, 1,000 recovery vehicles, 22,000 Humvees, and then 189 armored personnel carriers. I don't know. There's a lot. It's talking about how much this is. I don't fully believe that... I don't know. How much is this saying that these things cost? That's, that's a real fast attack combat vehicle. 70 grand. I wish I can get one of those for 70 grand. Hey, God, it is saying that these, this is what I'm saying. Take this with a grain of salt. It's saying these Humvees range from 38,000 to 143,000 with most ranging at 97,000. I don't know how true that is. I rode around those Humvees. They didn't have AC, basically the up armor. It was literally a driving piece of metal with four wheels and really protective windows. That's pretty much it. Now, here's, here, here goes in the aircraft and stuff. So, 208 aircraft. Take this with a grain of salt as well. Now, these helicopters, they're really shitty helicopters. These transporting cargo planes, light, light attack airplanes, and intelligence recon. Like, we're talking prop planes. 100% all prop planes. Like, they would be worth nothing here in America. Like, I wouldn't really be too concerned about that. A lot of the stuff the Taliban has it, which they do. This is another crazy fact. Did you guys know the Taliban has more Blackhawks than 85% of the entire uh, countries on planet Earth? The Taliban does because we just, they took them from the Taliban because they fuck, apparently we gave them. Fucking, yeah. I know, just bear with me. We're almost done here. This is when it starts getting some big numbers. Afghan rifles, or excuse me, the rifles we gave to the Afghanistan military. Uh, 358,530, 126,000 pistols, 64,000 machine guns, 25,000 grenade launchers, 13,000 shotguns, 10,000 rocket-propelled weapons, and 2,700 indirect fire weapons. Okay. Well, now for the rifles. I'm going to say a lot of those are probably M16. Uh, we were going to phase them out and give them away anyway, but now the Taliban has a fuckload of them. So that kind of sucks. The big one I will say right now is I saw the Taliban carrying around some M240s. The M240 Bravo is probably one of the best machine guns on planet Earth. I love that thing. I loved it. I mean, I don't have one now. I'd love to have one, but they're, they're the best. They're literally, they don't jam very often. They can take a beating and they have them. Now, I don't know where they're going to get their ammo from. I'm sure they can get them on the black market. I have no idea. 
I mean, this goes all the way. God, I'm looking down. It says they got surveillance balloons and radio monitoring and night vision devices. Yeah, they've got all this. Now, I want you guys to really think about this when I'm talking about these vehicles and whatnot. We may have funded this, but a lot of these M16s probably came from 80s and 90s. They were like our old surplus weapons at this point. Yeah, we paid for them, which sucks. The vehicles, I promise you, mean nothing. I know this. They're not going to mean anything. Now, what I'm saying when it comes to vehicles aren't going to mean anything, they're not going to be able to keep up the maintenance on these things. You got to have the right stuff. They're not going to get it. They're going to be broken down. Like, honestly, within the next 30 to 90 days, every vehicle that they secured from the Afghan military will be done. Like, you need a mechanic on duty to do it, and it's, it's just not going to happen. They break down so much. I, I just know this for a fact. They're going to be broken. So we don't have really anything to worry about when it comes to that, so... When they talk about that kind of stuff, take that with a grain of salt. Just kind of like, ah, whatever. The big thing that sucks is they have a ton of cash. They they really got a lot of cash, which they'll be able to do something with. And they got a lot of weapons. That kind of sucks. So, as you guys do know, uh, Mr. Biden, Mr. President Biden himself said that he was going to seek out and basically destroy who was responsible for the attack the other day. Which he did. Um, you know what? I, I say he did. He really didn't do anything. And I want to I want to make this very clear. Whenever they say that America is at war, America isn't really at war. It's more or less the military is at war. America is either at the shopping mall, getting their hair done, playing video games. The only ones who are really at war is, is uh, are the military. The military is at war. That's pretty much it. I don't, whenever they say America is at war, it would be more like World War One, World War Two. That's America's at war because everybody's all hands on deck. They have to do stuff, especially World War II. Nowadays, no, for the most part, it's just the military and who's ever helping them at, at that point. Everybody else is kind of sitting on the sidelines watching. Let's just be honest. So all he did was uh, being the commander in chief. He might be incompetent at that, but all he had to do was say, go ahead, do it. I, and when I kept telling you guys, when I say we are the most powerful military on planet Earth, this right here shows you why. We already knew within 24 hours who was the ISIS-K planner in Afghanistan. And if a lot of you guys do not know who ISIS-K is, you guys know who ISIS is in general. I'm sure you guys do. So ISIS-K was, was founded by former members of the Pakistani Taliban, Afghan Taliban, and Islamic movement of Uzbekistan. Over time, though, the group has poached militants from various other groups. It's pretty much just another spinoff of ISIS after we killed their, their leader, Baghdadi. And um, they, we, we thought they were pretty much gone. They're not. Now, in, by 2018, they've become one of the top four deadliest ter- terrorist organizations in the world, and which is, to me is is just is nuts because there, there's quite a few on planet earth. ISIS does not like the Taliban either. I just want you guys to know that as well, which I'll touch on here in a little bit, but we did. We, I mean, we, we, we found the ISIS K plan. We're just going to say the ISIS for this. We're not going to give them the K fuck, fuck them. So as you guys, I mean, we killed the ISIS K planner, uh, within 24 to 48 hours or so. With, let that sink in. We already had Intel and knew who exactly did it. Why did it take him going on national TV to say, hey, we're going to find you. Why not just say, right when it happened, the very first thing that, that should have came out of the president's mouth to uh, the top generals that are around him, that surround them at that point would have been, l- unleash the dogs. Just let them go. Take the, take, take the leashes off. Just let them go. We shouldn't have just killed one. Like, I'm glad we got the guy that planned it all. That's really great. We should have went after and just really hammered down so they knew 
if you if you mess with us, you're gonna it's gonna be <laughs> you gonna you were gonna fucking you were gonna feel it the next day. I, I wish that's what we would have done, but this right here, I'm glad we got him, which is great. Good job, Biden. You did it. Um, you got the ISIS K planter. You can put it on your thing, which we should have done. It just went out and hammered down, <laughs> sent out a DA team and really just started bagging and tagging them just quick, fast and hurry. We could have done it. The boys, I promise you that are sitting there would have been all about it. A hundred percent. Oh man. I see here and I read even farther down. It, it kind of led me to believe that it was actually the ISIS K planner that led to it. But now reading farther into the article, like I said, I mean, this is, this is a right, right, more right side in one. And then it says, it's not clear if the planner was involved in a suicide attack that actually happened. The Kabul airport on Thursday, which killed the 13 U S members and wounded 20 others. So I guess, I mean, he was traveling associated with him with a drone. That's, that's fairly common. I mean, you already know you're not going to have any problems with losing American lives. That's probably why they did it. Cause it was for sure. It was a safety thing. I'm sure that's why the administration went after him with that. Drones are easy. If you got them on target and they're driving, just send it. All right, so we're going on to move on just a little bit. If you guys do not know, I guess I should talk on about something that most of you guys don't know. Uh, ISIS-K. How much do they really actually enjoy being with the Taliban? I'm going to say right now, they see the Afghan Taliban as its strategic rivals. It brands the Afghan Taliban as filthy nationalists. Let that sink in. ISIS-K looks at the Taliban as filthy nationalists. Taliban are terrible. Imagine how terrible the ISIS are. <laughs> like, let that sink in. If they think that the, the Taliban are good, imagine how bad they really are. And ISIS-K's entire thing is they want their ambitions are the only form a government confined to the boundaries of Afghanistan, which contra- contradicts the Islamic State's movement and goal of establishing a global caliphate. So basically... ISIS wants to, they will, there will be, I'm not going to call it a civil war because it's not even, Af- there are Afghanis, but it's basically going to be ISIS versus Taliban after we leave is what's going to end up happening. Taliban has a much larger army from what I've heard. What I've heard, don't take this with a grain of salt because I don't know exact facts. You're, you're looking at roughly 80,000 Taliban members in country compared to like 6,000 ISIS. The thing about ISIS is they're crazy nutheads. Like they're absolutely nuts. Like let that sink in. They attacked they attacked the airport where we were while they were surrounded by Taliban. And the, and the only major losses ISIS-K has ever taken to their manpower and the leadership losses, honestly, was the result of U.S. and Afghan-led operations in American airstrikes in particular. I know this. My buddy was over there. If you guys know this, I think he was there in 2014 or 15. I don't even know exactly. I think it was... No, no, it wasn't 14 because that's when I got out. It was 16. In 2016, they led and did all the attacks against ISIS and he was fighting ISIS in Afghanistan. And that was around the time 2017 ish when they started getting wiped out and he was, he, all they did the entire time was drop bombs on them. Just, they would find their training camps. They would find where they're hiding out and they would just dump, dump ordnance on them. That's all they would do, which is really all you need to do. But you know what? With that being said, let's go ahead and move on to something a little more on the on the lighter side. Uh, you actually have U.S. special operation vets carrying out uh, missions right now to save the Afghan allies. This is this is kind of a big deal. All the people that have helped us over there in Afghanistan, interpreters, people that worked roads, or people that fed us, and that kind of that kind of sense, they are going to get beheaded, which is even more nuts. I don't know if you guys know this, but we gave a list. I have no idea why the U.S. gave a list of of 
of Americans who are trying to come back into the airport. We, they literally gave names. Like that is that is going to be that is what in the actual what were they? What was the administration thinking doing that? Who in their right mind was probably somebody who was teaching the CRT class down the hall said, you know what? Let's just give them the names of the Americans. They're going to let them back through their Americans. They're going to like, no, they're going to no, that is not what's going to happen whatsoever. So if you guys don't know, this is an all volunteer group out of America, uh, full of a bunch of veterans of Afghan of the Afghan war. They, they finally launched on Wednesday night. Uh, they, they dub it the pineapple express. So that's, that's kind of, kind of neat. So they, they're going through and they're, uh, taking out people as in, um, they're help. They're actually working with the U S embassy and everybody else, in the United States military to actually help out then take people in pairs, one person at a time. They might take small bunches here and there, but they're, that's all they're really being able to do, which is kind of nuts to me. If you think about it, there's U S vets, not even actually people in the actual military are going out and doing the job of the military. But I just, I just got to give these guys props. I wish I, I worked on it. I, oddly enough, I was up fishing a tournament. I wasn't even, my mind wasn't even in that fishing tournament. I was thinking, I was talking with a buddy of mine on how we can get in. And he actually got us, we can get in. We, I mean, this as of right now, we couldn't get in because they closed it all off. But a week and a half ago, we can get in. He could get us in. We had to fly to Dubai. From Dubai, we, hit, we hop on a ride. And literally, we can get in to Afghanistan. He kept telling me, he's like, only problem is we can't bring you weapons. We're going to have some problem getting food and water, which is going to be a huge issue here, here very shortly in Afghanistan. They're going to have a humanitarian absolute crisis, just chaos. I, I promise you that's going to happen here in the next month or so. But we for sure, 100%, I could, I could have got in there. And the only thing he said, he's like, do you want to just go and film it? And I asked my camera guy, Charlie, he's like, you want to go? And he's like, yeah, I'd go. But the only thing I kept coming back to is like, what is the point of actually going there? I can't leave. I can't leave. I can't do anything. I would literally just be in the way. I'd literally be in the way. There'd be no point for me to be there. I couldn't go out and help anybody. I wanted to help. I was trying to figure out if there's any contractors over there trying to do some exfils and stuff like that. I even talked to some, some of the guys I know over at Black Rifle to see if they had anybody going over there. And they said the same thing. Their hands are tied. They have some people over there that are that they know, but they literally can't do anything. We had to get an airplane that could land on dirt, that can fly up the surface of a, a 22,000 foot, and it had to be able to land on dirt. And I was like, oh, God. So basically, I had to fund buying an airplane to get these people out. I sure as hell can't do that. Anyway, props to the guys, the uh, special operators that are over there doing... I mean, they're, they're just vets. They're not even in the military anymore, but they're doing the Pineapple Express right now. I hope they're actually still snagging people and moving in small bunches because that's pretty much all they could do because I know they're working in a small team, maybe a group of 15 to 20 individuals just going through. And I, I know they're pulling out all the guys and gals that need to because these people, I'm telling you, when we're gone, are going to be beheaded. They're going to be sought after because as you guys do know, as as what I just said a little bit ago, the U.S. gave a list to the Taliban and that is going to be used as a tool and they're going to go around and they're going to kill everybody on that list that was not extracted. 100% is going to happen. And which is even more crazy, this, this, let this sink in. This, this is when it just, this is, this is when your mind's going to explode. The administration had assurances from the Taliban saying that they were going to not harm them and let them go through. That is the most naive incompetent. I've never heard of anything like that. You're going to trust one of the, the most brutal terrorist organizations on planet earth to, to, to somehow get these Americans back. That is it. 
it it's it doesn't even sound it it sounds I laugh because it does not seem true, but it is true. Like someone in the administration thought that this was a good idea and it it just screams incompetence from the highest level. So with that that being said, we can we can touch on a little bit of a lighter lighter note to more not so uh bloodthirsty and crazy Taliban stuff. I mean, this is actually directly from CNN. So this is more on the side of as Biden. His um apparently his approval rating has hit the lowest point of his presidency, which isn't super shocking. It's sitting at forty seven percent. I read one the other day. I you know what? Let's go check the the what is it fifty one thirty? Okay, here we go. So this is exactly from five thirty eight. I don't know why I said fifty one thirty. Five thirty eight. And you're looking at from all polls. This is pretty unbiased as it gets, I guess. Um, he started off his highest point was I don't know 55, 56, somewhere around there. He's now sitting at a swapping 47.6 approval rating, and it is apparently shredding. What this article says right here: Biden is shredding support from independent voters as Delta variant spreads. I I don't. That's another thing. I don't really understand how you can hold somebody at the very top accountable for. This is this is when it gets kind of weird. How do you hold them accountable for Delta variant spreading? The guy chirps from the rooftop that we everybody has to get a vaccine. I mean, we're we're Americans. We can if you want the vaccine, you can get it. If you want to wear a mask, you can wear a mask. If you don't, that's on you. You know what I mean? I'm actually a lot of you guys don't know this. I'm actually vaccinated because I want to travel. So I am. Do I think it works? Yeah, I guess it works. I haven't got sick yet. I'm not saying that it's the greatest thing on earth, but it has worked for me so far. I also had COVID as well before in January. So I've had both. I don't know if I'm just like double immune, but fuck, I don't know. And and on the other side of it, we have the, the rise in the variants. I haven't actually looked. This is me just kind of like randomly going here because it, I did see that his his numbers did drop. One of them did tell me that it was at 41% approval rating and it dropped like almost 16% in, since the beginning of his presidency, which is quite high. But you know what else is wild about all this? is the stock market has been absolutely exploding. And I was talking to my guy um, that I have over at Goldman and we have a conversation. I was like, is it going to dump? And when, when all this stuff happens in Afghanistan, he's like, I don't know. It slightly dumped at the beginning, but then all of a sudden it took off. I'm just thinking to myself, it is hitting new highs. You have this Delta variant. Is it really, is, do they, is all this already priced into the market itself? I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm actually going to type up right now, the Delta variant on my, on my computer. I'm sure you just heard me say that. Let's see. Um, no, no, I can't type in Delta. Let's just type in COVID. Texas is not at not at its all time high for cases. Uh, the big thing here is I, I, I can you know let's just look at show all all of America right now. Not at its all time high. January was its all time high. Okay. Deaths. This is this is when it gets kind of crazy. So your cases, your cases are almost as as they were at the beginning of January, end of December, which was pretty pretty high. We're talking 200,000 new cases, but the deaths, uh, 1,700. But in January, it was 4,000. So you're looking at, is, is the variant itself, the Delta variant itself, is it just not as powerful? Does it make people sicker easier? I don't really know. I know that I'm pretty much kind of over talking about coronavirus. It's been here for two years. And I think it's just something we're going to have to live with for the rest of our life. It's going to come in waves. I think it's going to be the same thing come in summertime, just like the seasonal flu might get weaker. I don't, hell, I don't know. I think we're just going to have to play with this one as, as it goes. I, 
I, I don't know, unvaccinated, unmasked teacher. Here we go. Unvaccinated, unmasked teacher spreads COVID-19 to elementary schools. I know here in Texas, for most of most of most of the areas of Texas, most of the cities, your your kids don't have to wear masks, which I am I am perfectly okay with. I'm fine with it. But this 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 is saying this is over in Marion County, which which I'm, I want you guys to also realize when I'm reading these articles, and, and kind of like picking up stuff on it. You're talking about somewhere in California, um, which that's they always have a political agenda for this kind of stuff over there. So you got to take it with a grain of salt as well. I, I don't know, because then they go on to say right here among the the students are among the teachers, 24 students, 22 were ineligible for a vaccination because their age, they were tested, but 12 tested positive for the virus. I don't know. My real question is, is, is it how effect? I don't know. I really don't know. This is one of the ones that I'm just going to have to let be. Cause I have no idea. Anybody under the age of 12 has, has there been a lot of deaths? Is it just something that you don't really notice right now? My daughter has a cough. She had to go get tested yesterday and it ended up being just drainage from, uh, from good old fashioned allergies. Yes, that is right. Something that was here quite a long time before COVID, but how many times are these kids going to have shit shoved up their nose because of allergies? It's, that's another thing. And what is, whenever I see kids nowadays, they're constantly wearing masks or walking outside. What does that do for their, like this? I, I, I just tend to tend to believe that's going to create more fear for everything. They're going to be scared of everything their own shadow they're gonna be scared of the a fucking fly if they're if they're forced to be wearing these masks or walking around they're not going to know what it's like to to do anything because they're gonna always gonna be living in fear at, at all times that's that's one of my biggest thing about masks we're, we're creating a, a a a generation that is literally instilled with fear out the gate like literally at the very beginning of their life as they're supposed to be enjoying and being kids, they're being instilled with fear. It's, I don't know. It kind of, it just, it just sucks. So here we're going to, we'll end it on this, this little last piece here. So we have something else that's going on that, that I know this has nothing to do with, with COVID or anything. That was just super random. I saw the article talk about it just off the hip, but you have all these Afghan refugees that are coming in currently from Afghanistan. Now, some of them are actually on no fly list, which I don't know if a lot of people realize that. I I didn't I didn't I didn't think it'd be a lot because I mean when when they're doing these screenings, I know that they're having to do them so fast. I think we might I don't know I'm not on the ground there in Afghanistan, but they might be just taking the paper at face value. But we do have these systems where they, we can scan. I know they they didn't do it because these people wouldn't have got into country uh, in into Europe, but. I'm not going to tell you the name of the system because I don't know if we can, but it literally will take a picture of your eye, like scan your iris. You're like your eyeball, eyeball, like just your, your eyeball. You know what I mean? Jelly bean. And it will literally tell you exactly everything about that person. If they've been put into the system, there are hundreds of thousands of Afghanis put into the system that we have a database and their fingerprints and their eyes have been all been scanned. And I know we're not doing that because we're trying to evacuate as many as possible. So this makes you wonder how many of these refugees are actually either Taliban or hardcore ISIS members that are just playing the part to get in to these countries to try to expand? I know that sounds crazy. I know that sounds super far-fetched, but they found six of them in Britain who were not supposed to be in Britain. They were on the no-fly list. So how many have actually squeaked through the cracks? 
man, I, I know I just said that I was going to actually end it on that, but I did get some good news. You know what? I think I did. There was some good news actually out this week when it comes to, let's see here, um, uh, border. Yeah. Border, border, uh, um, us border. How do we just talk in here? So, you know what? There wasn't really much good at the border that could have been found, but I will tell you this agents just didn't uncover nearly $17 million in meth. I mean, that's, that's pretty good. You know what I mean? But, uh, I, I I am seeing a whole bunch of stuff here that is saying that we might have a might have some problems going on at the border when it comes to uh, terrorism coming through Afghan terror at U.S. Mexico border, which I do believe could be an issue if the thing is wide open. I mean, that'd be the easiest way in, right? I mean, is it not? But I mean, the the biggest news of the week coming from the border, other than what I'm about to talk about, is the fact that. Uh, the Supreme Court did hold up this week and reinstated the Trump era remained in Mexico policy. So that is that is pretty good. Maybe it'll help on that end. But I do think we're probably going to have a magnet uh, of opportunities that's going to be happening at the border for these these Taliban or whoever terrorists to try to come through if it's not secured as all can be. I, I don't know why. That'd be the easiest way. They can't really come in on boat. But if they can walk across to Mexico, which makes you think, how many are actually here? How many little cells are here? God, I'd, sometimes I'll be on a drive and I'll start thinking about that. It's like, I would assume we have them all pretty much tapped because we are pretty powerful. If we, I mean, if we could find somebody in Afghanistan and hit him with a drone within 24 hours, we probably have every single, hopefully every single cell under some sort of at least suspicious state of surveillance. I don't, I don't, I don't know. Cause that's not my, I don't know that world. I can tell you a lot about the military and war and that kind of stuff. But that I don't, don't exactly know. I would assume we probably do. Assumptions, though, you know what they say about assumptions. Well, anyway, that's pretty much pretty much the the scoop. What I'm, I'm I wanted to talk chat chat with you guys, I guess today. I just hope that it they don't come through that southern border. And this is another reason why I said at the very beginning of the podcast, free speech, right to bear arms, very, very important here in America. And if you right to bear arms and you you do know how to conceal and carry and do everything just so phenomenally that you have nothing to worry about. That hopefully, uh, hopefully you can help if this stuff ever happens. I hope it doesn't. I hope we don't ever have to worry about this, because if it does happen, I'm gonna, I'm gonna scream from the rooftops. I fucking told you so. I knew. I, I, I I'm telling you, we we need to have a president in Afghanistan to try to squash the terrorism that is going to come from that country and spread like a cancer through the United States, to the world, through everywhere. So there you go. I'm going to hop off my soapbox. I hope you guys have a fantastic day. I will catch you on another episode. Hopefully it'll be tomorrow. And hopefully this gets approved. Because if not, then what the hell is free speech? I do love you guys. I'm out.